Not not to be too mansplainy, but that's I don't, okay. Can you mansplain? I um, I, it's it, well, I think it's more of a behavior than a um, act of genitalia. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Hello, and welcome to episode number 36 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and, and so much more. I'm your host, Lenore, and my co-hosts, as always, are Les and Dee. Tonight, we're talking about our new favorites, but first, let's talk about what we're drinking. So, Dee, what's your medium and what's your poison? I am writing with a neon casemate in a no-brand notebook, and I'm drinking water and eating a piece of cake. It was recently my wife's 40th birthday, and... Uh-oh. We had a little party and it was like 15 people and the bakery said, oh yeah, like this cake will feed 15 people. It was like a 30 person cake. So, (laughs) um, we've been living off this cake. So, um, but that's, that's what's going on for me. Uh, Lenore. Um, I am as usual, I'm just drinking water. We keep recording during the day. So I'm drinking water. Um, I am writing with a Caran Dash 825 in green. It's got this weird click mechanism where it it doesn't make any different sound or really feel any different when you click it out as when it clicks back in. So I was kind of staring at it because I I clicked it to to um, extend the extend the nib and I thought it hadn't done it because it's got like a really short nib sticking out I don't know I'm not I'm not sure how I love this pen I'm trying it but I'm not sure how much I love it um and I'm writing on this really crappy staples recycled paper legal pad because it's what was handy (laughs) so that's kind of sad I shouldn't even admit that as a you know a stationary person um and I have been watching I've been Watching season the end of season four and the beginning of season five of Buffy the Vampire Slayer with Spawn, and it's been really fun watching that with her. Um, and then I've been listening to Buffering the Vampire Slayer because they're they're a year behind me right now. <laughs> no, year and a half behind, a season and a half behind where we are. But it's been um, it's been fun listening to that, and. Um, and I'm having these spiced pecans from Trader Joe's because I love them. We made our Trader Joe's run last last week. They, uh, they're in a part of town we don't go to very often, but I bought a bunch of uh, bags of, of nuts and stuff to put in my um, to put in my desk here at school because I snack on that stuff a lot here. So that's what I'm doing. How about you, Les? So uh, I am sipping a Polar Junior Unicorn Kisses Seltzer. Unicorn can nice. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like a berry flavored something or the other, whatever unicorn kisses are supposed to taste like. Um, so it's it's tasty and it's you know the tr- one true seltzer polar. Uh, and I am writing with a purple bic extra easy that Hannah um, sent me, and I am writing in my podcasting bear fig train of thought. I am almost finished with the Amazon original TV series called Absentia. I don't know. Did you guys watch Castle? No. I hate uh, The first couple seasons, not 
in any kind of assiduous way. God, I hated that show, but I hate watched it for the last couple of seasons. Uh, the main actress from that, Stana Kanick, um, I thought because of Castle, she couldn't act. But she's the main star of Absentia, and she's fabulous in it. She's really good. And they legitimately make her look terrible in the first episodes. Uh, she's pale and scarred up and beaten up, bruised. It's really... Uh, shocking, because she's a very attractive woman, and to have her look terrible takes some work. It's supposed to take place in Boston, but I don't recognize any of the Boston areas that they supposedly are in. Like, there's one scene where they shot in supposedly Chinatown, and I was like, that doesn't look like Boston's Chinatown to me. So I'm pretty sure they shot it in British Columbia. But anyway, what's what's exciting, Dee? Not much. Work at the Writing Center is back in swing soon, and I'm super excited about it. It's one of the few jobs in my life that I truly enjoy every aspect of. I'm also excited to have an excuse to buy some more red pencils. So, And I'm going to be starting this new book called Confessions of the Fox. It's a book written by a local uh, author. Um, He's a UMass professor in uh, Amherst. And there's going to be an author signing and reading in about a month. So I want to read the book before I go to that. And it's a really unique story. It's gotten tons of tons of good reviews. Long story short, It's based in the early 1700s in London, where there are a bunch of queer subcultures, um, there's threats of the plague, and the main character, Jack, is transgender, and he fled um, his home to become a legendary prison break artist. And so it's kind of like this, I guess, classic feeling romp mixed with queerness, um, for lack of a better way to describe it. Um, so yeah, so to, to have queer identities, especially trans identities set in 18th century London, it's just like a really cool sounding mashup of a couple different genres. Um, and apparently, um, I think, yeah, like uh, there's not a single, even on Amazon, there's not many bad reviews about it. So I'm looking forward to reading it. I'm definitely going to report back as to what I thought of the book. So that is it. Wow, that sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, it's called Confessions of the Fox by Jordy Rosenberg. And because he's local, perhaps I'll get to have a conversation with him. So Did you put a link in the show? I did, I did. Oh, you did? Look at you. Thank you. Yes. So, um, but those are the two exciting things in my world. Lenore. Um, I'm actually about to send out some thank you packages to the remote proctors from my online class this summer. So, um, in the online class, a lot of the people, a lot of the students who are enrolled are actually local, but for whatever reason, the scheduling doesn't work or whatever. And in the summer, we actually only offer the class online. So, uh, most of the people come to campus and take their tests here. But we always have a few students um, every semester in the online class who are in other areas, you know, other states even. And so they can sign up. uh, They can make an arrangement with someone local to them to proctor their exams. And I'll send out the exam as a PDF file and the proctor will uh, email it back to me because we don't have the ability right 
right now to offer those exams completely online. So um, I've been trying really hard. I'm not successful every semester, but I try to send at least a thank you note through the mail to those remote proctors. Um, and this time I'm sending out some little packages with a half dozen black wings because there are too many of them for me to send a full package of black wings to everybody. Um, just as a thank you for, you know, participating with that. So I've got that. I got a couple of other packages waiting to go out and that's exciting for me because, um, I'm, I, you know, I, like we were talking about last week, I'm, I've got too much stuff and I'm kind of looking forward to rehoming some of it with people who will enjoy using it. So it's, it's fun to send out packages, but it also takes a lot of time and it's, I suck at it. So things tend to languish for a while before I get them actually in the mail. And then I put a whole bunch of things together at once and, and go to the post office and spend a whole bunch of money mailing them. So what about you, Les? Well, so my coworker is returning from leave, which is a fabulous thing, but it also means I'm out in office. So I've I've actually I know I've had an office for the last nomadic or going to be in a um, no I've I've been using her office since she's been out so I actually have to clear my things out um, Friday so I've got to clear my stuff out of her office and I'm back to basically having a tote full of my crap (laughs) and finding of like finding places to work. Um, but the other side of it is that my work schedule has finally leveled out. I'm going to work at almost the same time every day and I'm leaving at the same time every day. And I've been doing this now, like when is this coming out? Um, I'll have been doing this for about four weeks and I have to say, I love having a regular schedule. So mm-hmm. what I've been able to do is get up at the same time every day, even if I'm not going into work at the same time, and I'm getting up a half hour early, and I'm writing for 25 minutes. So that has been really, really good, and I've been consistently doing it. My goal is to write five out of seven days every week, and I've been consistent about that. And also what's exciting for me is I finally started my new podcast, which I think we talked, you guys talked me through my new project anxiety on, what was it, episode 30, (laughs) 33 or 34. Uh, So it's called Manuscripting Pod, and it's about keeping me on track with my writing, um, dealing with my inner critic, and, you know, keeping me honest about how many am I writing five days out of seven every week? Am I, what are my numbers looking like? How much do I actually produce when I write for 25 minutes every day? And so basically that's what the podcast is about. And I'm delving into like some, what are the apps that I'm using? I've been having some really interesting conversations on Twitter with people who haven't even been listening to it, but you know, I, I, started the hashtag manuscripting pod and apparently people are searching that. So it's been really interesting um, so far. So, you know, that's my exciting thing this week. So uh, what's, uh, what's this week's topic, Lenore? Well, you know, it, it's been a while since we talked about our favorite things and I think we could have some, you know, new favorites. We could have some favorites among things that didn't exist a year ago. Right. So that was what I was interested in. And this is a fairly open topic for me. You know, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't, well, let's say we'll, we'll let it be 
stationary related, loosely defined. Who wants to go first? See, I'm a creature of habit. <laughs> so a lot of my favorites are the same, but I did find some new things that I used one of them. A couple of them are actually on the way. So I can, I can comment on that perhaps just about awesome. changing tastes a little bit. Um, yeah. I'm still in love with the neon casemate or the neon penning gear for those of you that are newer to the hobby because they change names. I am absolutely in love with, and they're on the way the Nataraj neon marble uh, pencils. Have you either of you oh, seen them in the group? Yeah, oh, yeah. I've, I've seen, seen the pictures. Them. I haven't gotten any yeah. yet, but I think I'm going to end up succumbing. They are beautiful. They look beautiful in any picture that I've seen of them. And while I love the actual uh, Nataraj marble, the colors are just not, they're not me. So I'm looking yeah, forward to those. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not at all a normal color kind of person. So yeah, so I, uh, I'm hoping that I will enjoy the way they look when I have them in hand. Another thing that actually has become a favorite that I didn't dislike before, but it's actually kind of taken over as the number one spot for notebooks, and that is Les's No Brand Notebooks. Yeah. Um, so I'll, 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 yeah, I'll get on that bandwagon because <laughs> every time I pick up one of her notebooks, I just. Right. So like I have so many of them. I actually purchased a couple six packs when you had them less. I think the queer one, the rainbow one yeah. and um, the neon one or something. But then like every time I see you, you just give me a few more. And I have a couple <laughs> that are custom with like the hexagonal paper inside and, and I just, when I was going through my notebooks, I sold um, a bunch of field notes on eBay about a month ago, just a, a whole bundle of them. And so I really only have your notebooks left and a couple open packs of field notes. And I don't know, like, I just, I love the paper. And I love the fact that the covers of them are plain, because it allows me to kind of customize my own notebook, which I appreciate. Because, I mean, I could put a sticker on a Field Notes notebook, but because the cover for them is very much the focal point of their notebook, you kind of feel bad about covering it sometimes, you yeah. know? I Have you seen any of the pictures of the stuff I've been posting on Instagram of my recent covers? Like, as I, as I fill them up, I, I usually put up a out with the old, in with the new. Mm -hmm. um, and... I've been rubber stamping the crap and putting stickers on my note brands. And they're basically the only thing I've been using lately. But uh, yeah, rubber stamps for days all over the covers. And I'm yeah. loving it. Yeah, I actually have a bunch of rubber stamps that, that I'm going to start using again. Um, but that's what I like about your notebooks. The fact that the covers are also very conducive to stamping because there's not a glossy finish. I mean, I have some custom ones of yours that I think you used old like signage or something. Yeah, that's what I have. I have several of them that I've been using recently that I would not actually take stamps because they're glossy. Yeah. They, well, actually, not to well actually. I just well actually do. God. Uh, mm. Okay, you can. Uh, I, well, I don't right. even think about so, it. <laughs> so the, the depending on which covers you have some of those glossy signs actually take rubber stamps really really well because they're designed to be written on by the sign makers at the location where i got them from 
if that makes oh. sense. Yes. So some of that glossy coating will take stamps really well. It will take a little while to dry, but it'll take them. So you can stamp on them. There are others, if it's really thick and cracks a little bit, those, if it has a sort of pebbly finished texture, those won't take stamps. Your stamps are just going to rub off of them unless you use a pigment stamp and heat set it. Anyway, not not to be too mansplainy, but that's okay. Can you mansplain? I... Um. It's it, well. I think it's more of a behavior than a um, act of genitalia. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Because um, um, no matter what, it's a douchey behavior, right? It's like the well, actually douchey behavior followed by douchey behavior. There um, we go. Yeah. It. It has. You can mansplain if you're a woman. I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will just point out that in this case, you actually know more than I do about the thing. So, you know, <laughs> right. you know I think part of mansplaining is when you're explaining something that the other person actually knows more about and you're just totally, yeah. Uh, yeah. It doesn't occur to you that that could be the case, you know. So, um, so I actually have a question for you guys about stamping. And I'm hunting right now on. Uh, on the Staples website because I went in last week. Okay, so my my sister made me <laughs> this lovely, lovely stamp to make some note cards for teachers, some thank you notes for teachers. She like carved out of the, you know, out of rubber and made this stamp of uh, of a pencil with thank you under it to make note cards to give to teachers, you know, a bundle of note cards as a gift. And so I went into Staples and bought basically the only stamp pads they had, which are Costco 2000 plus gel based stamp pads. And I got, I think I got a red one and a blue one. So they were what was in the store. I wanted to get started trying this thing and um, they're too narrow for the stamp. So I have to kind of like line it up and stamp and like ink half of it at a time. So it's a little bit of a pain. I got to do something better, but this ink went right through the paper in field notes because I, I have a stamp that has the like checklist. So it's just lines with little boxes next to them. I'd picked up the stamp at, I think at uh, paper source or something a few years back. And so I tried that in a field notes just to make a, like a to-do list or checklist. And like it is, it goes completely through the paper. Like it looks almost as dark on the wrong side of the paper as on the right side of the paper. So what do you guys recommend? And, and, and I will say it didn't do that on the cardstock. So it was just, um, is that just the field notes paper no. thing? Or is there something I should be doing here? It's not the field notes paper. My suggestion is go to a craft store and pick up. Um, I use cheap pigment-based stamp pads in my field notes. I use the color box version. Or color crush, color. whatever, whatever they, whatever they have that's super cheap, and you know they're only a few bucks per stamp pad. And instead of like, are you smushing your stamp into the stamp pad? I am because Uh-oh. the um, because the stamp it's it's bendy, so like to use it, I have to lay it down and like use my f- finger because I don't have a. I don't have a brayer or anything like that. So I'm just using my finger to smooth the paper over the... Okay. Um, 
so thing. So it's a little bit. It's definitely very clunky right now. The way I'm using it, I'd rather have a large pad that I could smoosh the pad down onto the. Okay, so stamp here's and then so put- when you get the color box stamps, the stamp pad itself is raised above the base. So what you do is you put your stamp wherever you're going to do it, and then you take the stamp pad itself and you lightly press it. So you tap, 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 and you can go on YouTube and find. Um, instructions on how to do this. So you tap, 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 and you can see the glossiness of the stamp or the ink on the stamp, and then you press it into the paper, if that makes okay. sense. So instead of press, because what you do when you press the stamp, and this is a, a scrapbooker taught me about this. I, I had no idea. What you do when you press the stamp into the stamp pad or you're like when you press down too hard with the stamp pad, you're applying too much ink. So when you have one of the nicer stamp pads with the raised surface, you put you barely tap it onto the oh, surface okay. of your of your rubber stamp, and you'll get a better impression that way. And you're also not mashing the ink down between the lines, and it won't right. soak through that way because you're getting just enough ink onto the surface of the rubber stamp for it to transfer without overdoing it okay Okay. that said i have myself because i i use the rubber stamp of um for the month the my calendar stamp yeah i i have had that soak through some of the field notes paper because i've over inked but the, okay. the the better stamp pads don't do that when you use the stamp pads from the office supply store they use an alcohol-based ink like a Sharpie, and that mm-hmm. soaks through really most anything. I wasn't looking for another hobby here. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I, I, thought, I thought a stamp pad was something, like, I thought that was a technology I could handle using without well, having I mean, to all you have to yeah, all, for it, but okay. All you, all you have to do is get, like, one decent black or whatever color stamp pad you're going to use, and I get the tiny, mm-hmm. like, the tiny, tiny ones out of the dollar bins sometimes, and those work great. For if you're just going to be stamping a couple of stamps every now and then, you don't have to get the big stamp pads um, yeah. for it for it to work. And I'd put your stamp on a on a backer board onto some sort of base yeah, so that feel, you can press I was it evenly. Just messing around with it and kind of seeing what I was going to need to do. So, mm-hmm. You know, this was a this was a foray into the process just to kind of before it gets to be crunch time and I have mm. to you know turn out fifty cards to bundle up for teacher gifts anyway sorry off topic (laughs) that that's what makes us great right so uh i don't even know where we are so i had one more thing that i have on the way that i'm assuming will become my favorite thing um the stabilo uh highlighters the stabilo boss you know those right they're like the awkwardly shaped flat thick highlighters yep they released a new version of that, so to speak. They're called the Stabilo Swing Cool Highlighter. Oh, so, yeah, they're taller and longer. Yeah, they're longer. They're they're not as awkward because I have very small hands. And I think I talked about that in, in previous episodes where, you know, I love the boss, but finding the right hand grip is, like, near impossible for me. And when I do, it's just – it's not – I enjoy the way the highlighter performs, but the way I use it is just frustrating sometimes. So I have these on the way. When I initially saw them, I thought they were like click highlighters, which would have been even more amazing, but they are not. 
Um, they have caps, but still. So that might be my new favorite thing because I do like these pastel colors as well. Cool. But that's it for my, my things. Like I said, I'm a kind of a creature of habit. And because we talked on the previous episode about not acquiring new things, I haven't really branched out. Um, I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I guess, although I will say this just came to my mind. One of my new favorite things is the Baron Fig Bolt because yellow is my favorite color. And I'm really enjoying just having that pen in my hand. Excellent. Yeah. I haven't tried it yet. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to get that one. I, I like my Squires. I'm not just, I don't know. See, if I don't buy it, I'm going to be sad. This is the thing. We're just talking about FOMO. Right, right. But you know what? Ugh. I mean, something like that, you can, I, again, we just talked about this too, but you can always sell it if you don't like it. It's true. It's speaking, true. Speaking of but which, I really, won't. <laughs> right, really quick on a side note, um, Les, what, you have the bolt as well. Yep. Their new, their new packaging. I, I wonder, I didn't want to ask it outright, but I wonder if not shrink wrapping was from a, I don't want to use plastic or kind of like a subtle, like, yeah, people are reselling these for like three times the amount they paid for them. So like, I don't think Barafig cares about that. I think that what it is, is that they're official resellers from what Andy said in the, in the thread on uh, Baron fig fanatics uh-huh. is that, when she talks about resellers, she means actually uh, online stores and other locations yes. that are selling them, not people who are flipping them on eBay. And I think in that case, what they're looking for is that they want to be able to open them up in store so that people can test them out. Yes. They want people to be able to handle them and whatnot. It's not the flippers like with um, like field notes. I think it's a yeah. different different use case scenario. Yeah. Okay, anyway, that's it for me. Les, you got something? I do. Um, I, I don't even remember what my new favorites or what my favorites were the last time we talked about this. You don't uh, have to. We're not really being dogmatic about this. Uh, that's cool. Um, and, you know, because I wouldn't be able to find the episode anyway because we give our episodes stupid titles. Oh, that's a dig. Oh, Sorry, Harry. I had to go yeah, there. Just wait for my next title. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> I am really enjoying, um, I picked up on clearance these UB journals and mine are, I picked up six of them in lime green for three bucks each, probably like a year and a half ago. And I, I did a test on one and I used one a little bit and I was like, yeah, these are okay. And I did my review and then I basically threw them in a box in my hoard and I needed a journal. So I've been doing these. I do reading notes when I read um, and when I listen to podcasts because some of the stuff that I listen to is for work and I might use that podcast information for a group or something like that. So I like to make notes about it and like, how would I use this? And you know, it's, it's nerdy. And I was doing that in my pocket notebooks and it was making my, my pocket notebooks. Like I was blowing through one a week and I was just like, this is not sustainable because it's taking the way that I use my pocket notebooks and ruining it because I, I use their, I do some behavior trackers in my pocket notebooks and I need to have at least two weeks in, in each one. Otherwise I'm just copying the tracker over and over and over and over again. And that just annoys me. So I moved my reading notes out and into this UB lime green journal and I just 
love it. And again, it's got that plain cover. It's got the very minimal UB logo down in the lower right-hand corner. I've slapped some stickers on it, and I'm just digging it. I mean, the paper's great for pencil and fountain pen and pen, and it's, you know, it does the job. So I'm really digging the UB journals right now. And then I th- I think the last time we did the, you know, favorites, it was before Christmas. And for Christmas, my wife got me a 8-inch Kindle Fire. And I am just digging that as a tablet. It's small. It's lightweight. They make all kinds of different silicone covers for it. Mine is covered in all kinds of stickers, which don't stick well to silicone. So if you're thinking about getting a silicone cover and want to slap stickers on it, don't. Uh, but... It's, you know, it's great because I can put my jotter pad on it and use it to write. I can have my books on there and I use it for reading. And that's basically all I use it for. But I I have a music service on there too. And I am just really enjoying the Kindle Fire as both a tablet and a place to read. And like you, Dee, I don't know if I had a, a Squire the last time we did this episode. And mm-hmm. I keep harping on that. But I love my squires i reach for one every day i have one i have the stone on my desk and i well my desk at home not at work because as i said i don't i don't have a desk i don't have a home at work (laughs) um so yeah i just have that squire out all the time i take one with me to work and i'm just constantly using a baron fig squire and they fit my hand perfectly the aluminum one not the brass which i'm probably um i'm gonna do something with my key because it's just it's too heavy it's not um especially now that i'm having uh more carpal tunnel issues but that's beside the point of this podcast um just having a squire in hand makes me feel really good it's a lovely pen it feels great and it's it's a favorite for sure And in terms of pencils, I've just been rotating through my collection. I haven't, well, other than the most recent volumes, I haven't bought new pencils in ages. And I'm just rotating through, like, all of my pencil collection. And I think that's, like, a new favorite thing to do is just picking up a new pencil and using it. Or not, not even a new pencil, like a new, new old pencil, just something out of my pencil cup and using it and being like, oh yeah, you know what? I, I, I like this. This is a good pencil. Um, so I'm, I, I've been kind of trying to do that too. Like there's some really neat stuff just in the, um, just in the jars on my desk without even going into the boxes. Yeah. Um, and I've been trying to like grab something different and and live with it for a little while you know mm-hmm. um so yeah how how is that going like are you being are you finding some favorites among that or is doing that your favorite thing doing that is my new favorite thing because like i i'll pull out something that i haven't used in a while and be like damn this is this is a nice pencil like i understand why i have that on the <laughs> yeah. pencil cup on my desk and and it's, I think it's actually helping, like going back to our last episode, I think it's helping my FOMO because I have, I, have we talked, yeah, we've talked about on the show before, like in the past, how I went through and tested every single pencil that I have on the same kind of paper um, with a testing sheet that I created, which is in the RSVP Facebook group um, files. Uh, so I tested right. all of my pencils and I have like 300 different pencils in my collection. Which is a lot of pencils when you think about it. 
and not all of them I like. And so a lot of when I was doing that test, I culled a lot of the things that I didn't like out and boxed them up and sent them to my mom's classroom. <laughs> but, you know, that that's it's definitely an interesting thing to do to not like basically I'm closing my eyes and randomly choosing a pencil. And that is a favorite thing for sure. What about you, Lenore? What are your new favorites? Uh, well, so I, we actually talked on the last show about the, the newest Blackwing volumes, the pentagonal one. And I really like that pencil. And I, I need to find, uh, I need to go up to the local bookstore because they sell them and just buy like three boxes of them to, you know, to use and, and clear out some of the other stuff I've got because I, I love the way it feels in hand. It's just, you know, I, I was using the 211 a lot. And I'm getting down to just my last couple of those and they're kind of beat up and I, you know, but I like, I use them to do the crossword puzzle. I use them <laughs> like I've got one by the grocery list and, and I, gosh darn it, I'm going to use that to 11. But, um, you know, I think this could be the successor as just something that I really enjoy holding in my hand and using it. And then, um, I recently ordered some restored bullet pencils from Randy Reagan and, uh, oh, nice. one of them was a, yeah, and one of them's a brass one that is, it's just lovely. And I, you know, I, I wrote it down in the show notes and then I realized as soon as I started talking about it, I realized that it's, I didn't pick up my pencil and my uh, pocket knife and put them in my pocket before I left home today. So it's sitting at home on my dresser and I can't actually look at it right now <laughs> and tell you anything about it, except that it's a little brass bullet pencil and it actually looks like a bullet casing. It doesn't have an eraser. And therefore, it's a little bit shorter for my lady pockets. And, you know, and I, I really like having that in my pocket and I like looking at it. And he does such beautiful work with the restoration. I love the Squire experiment in particular, but I've, I've really been enjoying using my Baron Fig Squires. But that experiment, I have been doing a lot of my grading in that. And the, the green ink is really nice. And it's not that there aren't plenty of, you know, one to three dollar green pens out there that are perfectly competent and nice. You know, we talked about the B2P a couple weeks ago. Um, I mean, this Karen Dash one I've got tonight, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, I'm probably not going to reach for it again. So many other nice things, but I love that Baron Fig Experiment Squire. It's just such a nice pen. Um, I'm glad I, you know, I'm glad I got that one when it came out. And then, you know, not to make this a Baron Fig podcast, but they make a lot of things that I find really hit that sweet spot of aesthetics and utility for me, the vanguards have been my go-to and, or the, is it the flagship size, I guess the, you know, bigger than a pocket notebook, but not so big to be intimidating. Yeah. And right. so I go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, yes, you're right. It's the flagship size. It's their standard, you know, what is it? Five, six by eight. I don't even know. Hang on, I have a ruler. I can tell us <laughs> what size it is. It is 13 and a half centimeters. Oh, I'm sorry, we're in America. Uh, yeah, five and oh, five and three eighths or something like that by seven and a half and some. I don't know. Inches are weird. <laughs> um, yeah, so like 19 and a half centimeters by by 13 and a half centimeters. 
But it's it's just it's a great size, not for the pocket notebook, not for the to do list, jotting stuff down, but for the project, for the you know the weekly meeting uh, where you want to keep your notes together. It's it's such a good size. It's easy to carry in the hand. It's not heavy. You're not carrying a lot of weight around. You're not forced to put lots of things into one notebook because otherwise you'd be carrying four or five large notebooks. Um, it's a great size. I love it. So right in front of me right now, I've got a composition and an infinity for two projects I'm working on right now. And, um, and they're just, they're perfect. And it took me a long time to come around to this because when I first started getting into Baron Fig and even when I first started subscribing to the, you know, when they had the subscription service for the, uh, Vanguard, the flagship size, they were really hard for me to use because they seemed so nice. And, you know, I felt like I had to be putting nice things in them. And um, I finally kind of broke through that and started using them. And I've been really enjoying those. They just, they are, they hit the sweet spot for me. And then another new thing, and this is, you know, again, kind of tangentially stationary related, is the 1857 podcast, which Les, yes. you were talking about a couple weeks ago. You didn't say it was TJ Cosgrove. Uh, yeah, it's uh, TJ and Stuart from Narrows Notes. He sells notebooks. Um, did you listen to the last episode about uh, workwear? Like clothing? Uh, uh, no, I didn't. Yeah. No, it, I, you know, okay, so I started with, um, I started with, I'm just looking back here. I started with decision fatigue and started working backward from there. So, yeah, there's dress codes and fashion. I got to do that. See, I'm behind. Yeah, great podcast, isn't it? It's really fun. I enjoy listening to those guys. Plus the accents. I mean, my God. (laughs) (laughs) There's that, too. Um, I'm still, like, if we're going to talk about also auditory stuff, like in terms of stuff we're listening to, I'm still really, really digging uh, Take Note. It's and I say this, and I had someone push back on me for calling it weird. I say weird in like a loving kind of way. And <laughs> I, it is such a weird concept, and I love it so much. And it's like, it's weird because it's two dudes sitting down with their pocket notebooks and be like, hey, what did you write down this week? And if you think about it, that is a bizarre concept. It's like, what what did you do in your commonplace notebook this week? Well, I took down notes about my son's swim lesson. And it's like, it's always such a great discussion. And it's it's like, uh, I don't know, I love it. It's weird and it's fun. And um, I love it. Uh, and you know what? I we, we haven't mentioned this, but this is a... I don't, are they, I don't know if they've done a year's worth of them or not, but Plumbago magazine, the zine from our friends over at Erasable, that is definitely a favorite for sure. I have, I have, I, you know what? I didn't buy, I bought the, the first issue on, um, like PDF instead of as a print version. And I'm totally regretting that. I really wish I'd gotten the print version. I'm kicking myself for not having the print version of it because I've got the, the three most recent sitting next to me and I just dig it. I mean, it's a really, really cool concept and Andy's killing it and I love it. Everyone should go get pick up Plumbago. Yes. And they give or you a cool sticker plumbago. each mm-hmm. issue. I've, I've, as a chemist, I've always pronounced it plumbago. So I looked it up, and apparently, like, there's a British pronunciation. It's plumbago, and every time somebody says plumbago, it's kind of like when somebody's talking about cooking and they want to use basil in their 
recipe. Basil. Like it's basil. But that's just me being a stupid American. So. <laughs> <laughs> the boys want to pronounce it plumbago. It's plumbago. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's great. I should probably take that out. <laughs> no, that's what makes us us. Hey, so what was your other, um, what was the name of the other podcast, Les? It's not in your list here. I got to get it down. Take Note, was it? Oh, Take Note. That was it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> excellent. See, we were just talking about FOMO. And now that I've heard about you guys' new favorites, I have stuff I have to go get. Yeah, but I think all of our stuff is pretty uh, reasonably priced. Yeah, it's not too bad not too bad but um actually something that i have thought about that we i'd love to talk with you guys about someday is you know talking about our favorite things somebody asked me in a message on facebook a while back what my favorite pencils were and i realized partway through answering that there's actually two different ways to answer that question and one is with my favorite what is like the thing that's available, you know, like saying the Blackwing 10001, and I have no idea where we're going to settle. Are we calling that the 10,001? Are we calling it? What are we calling that thing? Nobody knows. Okay. Is it, it, well, no, I'm sorry. I had my mic off. Um, is it meant to be binary? Because if it's binary, it's 10001. If it's not meant to be binary, then it's 10,001. Right. And I don't know. And neither of those is something that rolls trippingly from the tongue. No, it's so, awful. Yeah, they're both awkward. So anyway, I don't know. But there's like that. But then there's also the specific object that you like the best, which is my um, Sunburst Yellow 725 with the ferrule turned around to the yellow end like it should have been to begin with and an orange eraser in it. <laughs> Like, that's really my favorite pencil, but that's not one that somebody can go out and buy, right? So I've got, like, right. that specific pencil. You know, I've got, like, two other hack wings that would be among my very favorite pencils. But that's, like, a single object, right? So there's yeah. a difference there. So sometime, sometime, we should talk about, like, the difference between a favorite thing that you can go out and buy or that you could recommend to other people and our favorite specific object. Because that's... You know, and then the, the brass bullet from Randy Reagan definitely falls into that second category. So I was kind of mixing those up without even acknowledging the distinction this week. Another topic, another day. Hey, that could also go favorite, th favorite thing you can buy, favorite thing you love, or the favorite thing you can DIY. Like there are three levels of favorite thing there. That's true. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, we, so I think we, we have... I think we have that. I'm going to put that on a schedule. All yeah, that, right. should, that, that should definitely go into uh, a as, as an episode. Um, you know what? what was and listening, if you have comments about things, you know, toss them up there. We'll archive them for you. You know what? I completely forgot to uh, talk about is what? my um, Metal Shop CT bullet pencil, the Timber Twist, and then the just the classic bullet pencil from them. I carry two of those with me everywhere I go. Um, I have one in my pocket right now. I have one that just resides in my backpack at all times. It is a killer object. Just like the bullet pencils from Randy, it's just super sturdy and does the job. And I, I, that will, I think that is a perma fave for me. That's really cool. I have, 
I have, I think, three. One Timber Twist and two regular ones. And I like them, but I don't end up carrying them all the time because they're kind of too heavy for me to really use that much. I'm preferring the um, vintage ones from Randy because they're so much lighter mm. and they feel better to me or more balanced to write with. So I think that's a that's very much a, a thing about what size your hand is and how you grip your pencil. And it's interesting, Les, that you like those so much more than I do when we both really like the fit of the Squire. Yeah. Uh, well, I also, I don't, like the like any of the bullet pencils when the pencil is long i like them with short stubby little nubbins in there it will yeah, and like i the, don't and that's probably also part of what throws, what throws the balance off yeah like i like them particularly the the metal shop ct when there is maybe like an inch and a half like that's my sweet spot an inch and a half to two inches of pencil in it that's the best but when it gets like when the pencil's like three inches long i'm like aunt no i don't i don't like that so i wait until the pencil's really short and stubby before i put it into the metal shop ct but bullet pencils from randy i will go for a three inch nubbin to go into those and i'm perfectly happy with that yeah cool yeah i i i should try it because i just don't like i don't like the stubby pencils but i should try that and see if it makes the balance better because I would love to be able to use those more comfortably. I mean, they're still beautiful as an object, but I don't end up carrying them every day because they're not as, they lack the utility for me. Um, any others for you, Dee? No, I mean, I think I covered everything that I wanted to talk about. All right. Lovely. Thank you both. Um, I want to take a moment just to thank everyone for their supportive words on the website and the Facebook group. Um, we really appreciate your support. And we thank you all for, for being in there with us and, and giving us an excuse to do this thing that we love. Um, if you get a chance, give us a review on iTunes. That'll help other people find us. Uh, you can find the podcast online at rsvpstationarypodcast.com. You can find me on Twitter at Lenore underscore Hoyt or on Facebook through the RSVP Stationary Podcast group or the Erasable Podcast. Les, will you tell us where we can find you? You can find me at ComfortableShoesStudio.com and Facebook at ComfortableShoesStudio. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at OriginalLCHarper. And you can find my new podcast at ManuscriptingPod.com. Dee, what about you? You can find me at TheWeeklyPencil.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TheWeeklyPencil. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. It's been great. Thanks.